Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. Yeah, what's up? It's your man Chad here back for another episode of the Life, Love, and Hustle podcast. Now, I've got somebody on today who exemplifies all three of those things of living, loving, and hustling. Um, This is a friend of mine, a pillar of the community (laughs) here in uh, Western Maryland, a pillar. She likes when I call her a pillar of the community. Um, She is the the co-founder and uh, director of all things marketing and community outreach for Kilgar Construction right over there. I want to say here, but I'm in Frederick, Way over there, over the mountain in Hagerstown, Maryland, this is Mrs. Tiffany Gardner. How are you today, ma'am? Hey, Chad. What's up? What's good? I'm just happy to be here today. Glad that God blessed me with another day on this earth. How are you, Listen, my don't start, don't start preaching already. It's too early. Wait a minute. We got to wait for that. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I like to get it popping right off. I like she to ready get, to go I around the jump. Have it. <laughs> you got your Bible By the open? End of it, you ready to go? calls and baptism. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so on top of <laughs> on, on top of being a dynamic and successful businesswoman, uh, you're also a wife, a mother, uh, a devout uh, member of the Christian faith. So you you you're a lot of things. Am a lot of things, I guess, all in in one person, and I, I think we all should try to be as diverse as we can while we're navigating this crazy world and figuring out what our purpose is. So you got to get your feet wet and a little bit of everything before you take a big leap. You know what I mean? No, that's a hundred percent facts. I I've always said that my favorite word in the English vocabulary is the word and. I can be yeah. this and that. You know what I mean? I can feel this way and right. act this way. You know, it's a powerful thing. And right. you use that word and to its full extent. I'll tell you that much. I see what you're doing. I don't know when you sleep, but you get yeah. a lot of you get you get a lot done. So introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know you, to that two two people who 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 don't know you. Introduce yourself from uh who are you, what do you do, what are you about, all that kind of fun stuff. All right. Well, as Chad said, my name is Tiffany. Um, I co-founded Kelgar General Contracting with my husband, Kenny. I'm the proud mama of two gorgeous babes aged eight and four, but will soon be nine and five. Um, that's Kellen, my son, who Kelgard is named after. So Kelgard is Kellen Gardner. And then my oh. little boo thing, Cecilia, she's getting ready to be five. Uh what else is there to know about me? Born and raised in Frederick, a graduate of Thomas Johnson High School and then Frostburg State University, uh, double majored in business and psychology. And then I've done all kinds of things. I worked for State Farm Corporate. I owned a pet walking business. And then I was in corporate dentistry for a little while. And then my husband rope me into construction. <laughs> he said, you have a 
you know, you got the gift of gab, uh, wifey, and you're good with the community and your heart's in the right place. So why don't we utilize those skills for a construction business? And that is how we started Kelgard. Uh, we literally started Kelgard with a few hundred dollars uh, in our to our name and a lot of prayer and a lot of faith. And that that's the God's honest truth. <laughs> it was literally <laughs> like hardly anything that we started with. Um, but I will tell you that it's been a it's been a trip. It's been an adventure. And my my most favorite part about it though is the people. I have really enjoyed meeting all the people of Hagerstown through our business. So not just like in the business world, like the chamber people are great, Rotary's great. Um, but I like having my feet in the streets. So being able to donate and volunteer and to do outreach in the actual streets and parks and all the cool things of Hagerstown has really been my biggest joy of all of this, I would say. Um, what else about me? Fun fact, I was first chair alto saxophone player in middle school. I was the only girl and I beat the pants off of all those boys. Naturally. Of um, course you did. What else? Yeah. Yeah. I was a cheerleader. Go figure. Of course uh, you were. Sorority member. <laughs> five sorority. And uh, now I'm a, a proud servant of Jesus Christ. I'm a satisfied customer of the Lord. Satisfied customer. <laughs> I am. I'm a satisfied customer. Sure. You can't even rem remember <laughs> where I first met you. I think it may have been at a chamber function or or something like that. I can't remember where I first met you, but somebody introduced us and I remember, or it may have been Colleen, but I remember just uh, feeling your energy before I even like spoke to you. I was like, oh my Lord. I said, man, this this woman has some, has some uh, she radiates energy. And so uh, I think it's, I, I think the best, definitely the best role for you is getting out in the community, shaking hands, kissing babies, because you're really good at it. And I think that probably attests yeah. to the to the success that the company has had so far. It's the fact that you are in the community. You know, you're not just sitting behind the desk, um, making phone calls and, uh -huh. you know, trying to drum up business. You're making connections. So maybe. Uh, so why do you why do you feel like why do you feel like uh, why do you feel like that is like, the, you know, what what makes you what makes you so good at what you do out there in these streets? Well, I'll tell you, I, I've always been an advocate for the underdog. Uh, so just to get deep down dirty in my, in my, you know, my life, um, I had an alcoholic parent growing up uh, who passed away, unfortunately, of that disease. And although I had a wonderful childhood and my dad shielded me from a lot of that pain and heartache, uh, with her passing, I really had an affinity for addiction and for people with addiction. And I've also lost some really good friends uh, of, from addiction. So I think the fact that Hagerstown also has a big heart with Washington Goes Purple, um, some of the boards that I used to sit on, such as Lasting Change, et cetera, really are in my heart. So it's not difficult to be on, or as you said, shaking hands and kissing babies when it's genuine, when that really is your hard mm. work. Mm. Um, as far as other avenues in the community, I love seeing other small businesses grow. Even my direct competitors, if they can do something better than me, I'm going to cheer them on all the way. I'm not going to be trash talking. I'm not going to be gossiping. Um, I'm not going to try to take the wind out of their sails. I'm literally going to be right behind them. Um, and if there's anybody that I can help succeed 
I, I want to do that. I love to see people grow and grow for the right reasons and, and be successful. Um, and that's with everything. I love it to be diverse. Business should be diverse. It should be different ages. It should be different races. It should be different genders. It should be different creative ideas and big picture. It, it should be so much that makes a community. Um, and that just comes natural to me, I think, because I, I truly believe in that. And I really do have a heart for all of that I just said. So I hope that was the answer to your question. Well, oh, no, no, it totally was. It totally was. Yeah. Healthy competition is great. I I like what you said about uh-huh. collaboration and because um, there's certain things that as a business owner, you you have a certain skill set. So if you have a construction company, uh-huh. for instance, you know, you 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 may do your best work over here, but you know yeah. that you can do this over here, but it it won't be your best work. But, you know, somebody else who that's their best work. So no problem sending it to them because it's definitely going to come back around. So I always say um, now in my space with what I do well, you know, I'm going to beat the pants off the next guy, you know, but, you know, but I'm not afraid to, you know, to send out with what either I don't really have a heart for, or I'm not going to serve that client the best. No problem. Refer it out, build that connection, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and sometimes there's a benefit too. So it's a little different in our industry, but if a new customer calls me, I off the jump, give them two or three other companies to call Mm. off the jump. I I say, listen, I'm not going to be the cheapest. I might not be the best personality that you jive with. I want you to have a great experience, you know, all the way around. And here are three other awesome guys in the industry and give them a call too, and, you know, see where it shakes. And I find that people really respect that. They're like, Oh, like you're giving me the name of other companies too. Like it just builds a good trust and a rapport. And I do think that people should explore their options um, with anything, you know, before they get into something. So I have no problem with competition. Um, Now where I get competitive is like fundraising. Okay. And stuff like that. Like who can raise the most money for something? (laughs) Then Then I have to watch myself. I mean, I almost threw down over a silent auction a few years ago at the boys and girls club. I mean, this woman beat me out of a person. I, I thought I was going to tie my hair back and take my earrings out. Um, so fundraising and like things like that, I definitely get competitive over. But business, I think there's plenty to go around. And like I said, you pay it forward, it comes back to you. So that's my thought on that. Yeah, I think that's great. I, yeah, definitely, the more you, the more good you do, the more good comes back to you in return. Uh, I think that's a pretty huh. universal concept um what's the what's the term that i heard recently it was with um wwe you know i'm a big pro wrestling fan you, you, you know i you know i love pro wrestling and there was a there's a there's a term <laughs> that was coined that i that i think was coined by the mcmahons it was called um hu- humanitarian marketing or i can't i think that was the term mm. that that they used where uh, they dedicated a large portion of their uh, marketing dollars to uh to to outreach and 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 just um investing in community efforts and uh, just doing a lot of good and they've done a, they've done really well and they attribute a lot of their success in the past 20 years from dedicating a certain amount of money uh towards uh, not just donations That's but 
but also like um, starting their own initiatives. So they've got a bunch of things that they they have a humanitarian award that they do every year. Um, they have uh, they they strongly support. Um, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, where they have a lot of their wrestlers yes. who were involved in that. So, uh, yep. so yeah, and and I see you kind of doing similar efforts because uh, I see Kilgar Construction uh, attached to a lot of uh, local nonprofits and uh, fundraiser events. Um, so, what are um, why is why is that so important to you as an individual and as a company? So the big nonprofits that I love are, of course, Boys and Girls Club. I just adore them, and I love their whole program. Um, I also love Lasting Change. I love Reach. Um, I love the Hope Center, which is the Hagerstown Rescue Mission. The reason why I like to give into those is because without hope, there really is nothing in our lives as humans. And some individuals or children or adults or whatever they're going through in their struggle – We don't ever want them to lose hope. So, for example, if I can put a kid through camp or through the Boys and Girls Club, I'm not specifically putting them through camp, but if the Boys and Girls Club can do that and it it gives a child an opportunity to have hope and see different things, awesome. If I can give and serve a meal at Reach and talk to them, like, and I love when the people at Reach, I mean, I'm I'm the volunteer that's like hugging on the homeless, high five and sitting right (laughs) with them. It gives them hope. I see you. You know, I see you. Life, Life is not over. Like, I Um, so I'm all about wanting people to know that they are loved, they are cared for, and that there is always hope in this world, um, no matter where you are, you know, and I like to meet people where they're at. So though I'm very selective over who we sponsor, sometimes we'll do the generic ones, like a little kids, you know, little league or a golf outing, um, something like that, that just most businesses are, you know, kind of required to do by nature. But my big hitters are the ones like the boys and girls club and, um, things like that. So, and I, you know, I want them to be able to see us and talk to them and see what they need. What do you need? What does the next generation need? You know, it might be different than what I think they need. So that's where I'm at on that. Well, I, well, I pretty much grew up in the boys and girls club in Hagerstown, Maryland. I don't know if you know that or not, but I, I, I'm a product of the boys and girls club. Wow. Yeah. I grew up there. That's where I spent all my days and i even worked in the summer camp for a few years as a as a camp counselor i think three three summers i worked as a camp counselor when i was uh when i was a young man yeah it's so rewarding right i mean and yeah. even if you just help you know one kid, it's just like wow it just changes your life you know um i used to when they were doing it i would pick up the kids from the basketball center there what's that neighborhood that's right there with the boys and girls club they're affiliated um the neighborhood? Oh, I can't even think of the name right now, but they have like a neighborhood with a gym in it where the, the kids can go after school. It's oh, not quite right. the boys and girls. I know what you mean, um, but I can't remember the, uh, the name of it now. Uh, it's not Nolan well, anyway, Village, is it? Is it Nolan? Yeah, it's Nolan Village. Right, Nolan Village. Yes. There's another one too okay. somewhere. So that they have... on Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually drive there on Thursdays to the gym and pick up the boys and take them to youth night um, over at Lifehouse just to get out, play some basketball, hear the message. You know, I'd have snacks in the car and you start building rapport. Um, I think another thing is, is that some of us take for granted in the business industry that we have a network. I can call my parents. I can call somebody at the chamber. I can call somebody at my bank or you, or I can call someone to get some advice or some help. Some people literally do not have a resource circle. 
And I think that us as business leaders need to offer more of that. Hey, you can call me. If I might not be able to address your specific need, but I'll find somebody that can. And that's another reason why I like to get involved with that and let them see me, let them see my face, meet me. Because one of those kids could be the very next president, the next governor, the next business owner or whatever, and they might need a hand up, you know, call me, you know, so I want to be a part of helping people in their um, circles as well to be a resource. And that's something that is that that really makes people people like you special is that you're a connector. Um, so mm. if you build up a network um, and keep it to yourself, I mean, you know, that's kind of build up your business, but it doesn't build build up a community. I think it's important, like you said, to, when you think about the future, um, how can I leverage what I have to give somebody else a leg up? You know, and uh, I I think with the country being so divided right now, just on so many things and being mm-hmm. such um so uh, such an um an isolationist, almost thinking now to where you know it's about me and forget everyone else. Like that's that's so crucial. Is that uh, someone's got to look out for the people who are coming up behind us? Like someone has to because these kids are are about to walk into a whole beehive of uh, of a culture in the next decade and someone's got to give them a leg up you know and and it's yep. organizations like the boys and girls club uh, like girls inc like big brothers and even some yep. of the smaller organizations who are just doing their part even like even if you're not um actively involved in any kind of like church uh, a lot of churches have mm-hmm. great youth programs also um like uh lifehouse yes. youth does a tremendous work i used to work with um brandon shank years ago with uh, yeah. lifehouse youth and they they have a great program it's not it's not like it's not super heavy you know on on religion but it's just yeah. showing love to them and it's just letting them know that they have a place where they can you know belong and be loved yeah, it sure is. And it's a good, fun night. I mean, they serve them dinner. You get to hear a message. You get to have game night, basketball, um, all kinds of cool stuff. So I think that's really important. And again, they're networking. They're they're making yeah. from different schools, different private school, public school, homeschool is all there. You're making your own network that might not otherwise be available to you just in your classroom. So I think that is huge. And exposure, exposure to others different ways, you know, exposure to different opportunities is so important because you could have a really awesome, bright child, but they're not exposed to other opportunities or other things. Well, we want to put them out there. You know, I, I want to, I want them to be able to experience that. Or even adults who might've lost everything through a tragedy or through cancer or disease or divorce. I mean, we have to be there for those people as well, you know? So I know I'm only one person and I'd love to, I'd love to save the world, but you know, one step at a time, <laughs> one day at a time. Oh, you can totally do it. All you, you can totally do it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Put on that, I'm put trying. on that red, put on that red cape, you know, you, you, you know, yeah, you can do it <laughs> on that red cape. Oh, yeah, Lord. the um, oh, community is important. The kids are important now. And I also know yep. that, uh, that your faith is super important to you also, you know, you're, you lead a lot with your faith. And so how important, um, has, has it, has it been for you, um, you know, to maintain, uh, your level of adherence, but not adherence, I don't want to say, but I say, uh, 
How important has your faith walk been to you, um, not just in your business, but, you know, just also in your uh, just in your life in general? Yep. So I always say that Jesus took me from the club to the chapel. Um, you know, my, my journey, you know, I didn't grow up church. I didn't, I didn't grow up all that. You know, I did all the same college stuff that most of us did and the partying and all those things. And, uh, I tell you when he calls you, he calls you and it's, it's Mm. sort of like a journey, but he's just provided in a way where I've seen his works and other people, um, that have just grown my faith. I, I have zero doubt that, you know, it is a real deal. Um, but I do lean into my faith frequently just to build my, my character better. You know, your, your gifts will only take you as far as your character can sustain you. So you could be an awesome, I don't know, business person, but your character is shit. Oh, I probably couldn't say that on your podcast. Oh no, you feel free. Your character's poop. (laughs) Your character's poopy. Um, you know, you're not going to do so well, even though you might be super talented. And a lot of times we do see leaders fail for that very reason that their character gets out of control. Um, so God keeps me grounded. Uh, and also I think I've shared with you, Chad, and I don't mind sharing with the world. Cause I think it's something that needs to be talked about. Um, I suffer with anxiety. I've had general anxiety disorder most of my life and, you know, being a mom, being a wife, being in business, being um, a caretaker of elderly parents, um, all of that can come insurmountable as far as pressure, especially coming out of COVID. And, uh, I deal with, you know, weekly, daily anxiety and the Lord has definitely been my rock for that. You know, he says it all over the Bible, like 365 times, do not fear. So I lean into that. And I think that it is something that I can count on always. So, yep, no one's going to deter me in my faith. I know that's not real popular all the time, <laughs> but I, I don't care. Like I said, I'm a satisfied customer. And uh, if we don't have faith and hope, I, I don't know what we have, you know? So that's my take on that. Well, here's my take on, here's my take on, on that. So the, like, whatever helps you become a better person, how can anybody hate you for it? Yep. You know, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know it's, I think, um, I think if more people had a better understanding of the faith like you do, I think it would be executed <laughs> in a better way. I think where people get in trouble is they take things to extremes, you know, and, and as far as uh-huh. I understand, you know, Jesus wasn't an extremist. <laughs> he wasn't an extremist. <laughs> so... Right, right. So I think any extreme, either inside of faith or outside of faith, no extremes are good. And I think that that's one of the problems that we have here in the country is everything is so extreme. It's either extreme in one direction or it's extreme in the other direction. And there's there's hardly anybody anymore who's a little more in the center. Uh, Now, I don't believe you can be completely neutral on things. So you've got to be right or left of center. But I think when you get yeah. too far from that center is where you see the problems that we have now. Like everyone's in, in their little echo chambers. You know, everyone wants to be around yes. people that, that think like them, look like them, talk like them. And the people, it's uh-huh. almost like we, we have we have two football teams now. And either you're on this team or you're on this team. There's no middle ground. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you, you know, what's your take on that? And how do you get, how do we, how do you, how, how do you do so well? Because, um, I see you, you know, you've got some strong political stances, you know, but I don't see you beating anybody up over it, you know, and I don't see, yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm like 
on that. You know, I, I want to be center now. Sure. Uh, you know, my, my uh, compass might go a little bit more right, but I don't like anything extreme either. And I think you also need to have an open mind. You know, I think that sometimes people present their opinions as gospel um, or fact, and we have to get back to like critical thinking, you know, what is mm. objective facts and what is subjective facts? Like if I say to you, Hey, my car outside is white in the driveway. Well, you can walk out there and say, yep, Tiffany drives a, a white Honda Civic. But if I say I feel like my car is white and I feel like it's a Honda Civic, but you walk out there and it's a black SUV Escalade, then we have a problem, right? So I think that too many people have gotten it confused on what is objective and subjective truths. Right. And and again, opinion has become facts. And then when they get so regimented in what their beliefs are, you know, they don't want to hear you on your, there's no openness anymore. Um, and that's what gets scary for me, because I think that once you shut down and you stop being open, you're missing out on great opportunity for conversation. You're missing out on opportunity for common ground. You're missing out on opportunity for resolution with anything. Um, and that is where, I don't have an answer on how to fix that. You know, I don't know what to fix. I, I feel like for me personally, I just want to be open listening, not just hearing you. So I have a rebuttal report, you know, prepared. I want mm. you to listen to you. What are you saying? Where are you coming from with your beliefs in business or faith or politics or culture, whatever it is? I need to listen to you. Then digest what you said, say it back to you to make sure I've heard it correctly, and then I can have an opinion. But I can't just hear you, come up with a rebuttal, shut your your point down, and move on. That that just doesn't work, I, in my opinion. I should say in my opinion. So I like to be an open listener. I like to come to common ground. We're all human beings. We've got to have something common together, even if we are so far apart in political or uh community or, you know, cultural beliefs, we got to have something in common. Maybe we both like cheesesteaks. Maybe we both <laughs> like to watch Seinfeld. You know, something. We, we got something we, in maybe common. Maybe we both love we, the Wu-Tang Clan. We do. You know, maybe we do. Um, and then you work from there. I think too many people like to look at each other's differences and never come together. So, no, that, that part right I there is huge. That's huge. And yeah. um, critical thinking is definitely becoming a lost art here in this country. It's becoming a lost art. It's not being taught in schools. It's not being taught in the homes. And it's always, everyone wants to be right. Oh, it's taught in my home. It's taught in my home. I'm a homeschooler. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. I know it is. It, it, but it, it, it's a lost skill. And, um, and I feel like, and I'm guilty of it. I, you know, um, I was very... Like a few years ago, I was very um, stalwart, if you will, in in my views and opinions. But you know, you get older, you get a little wiser, and you and you learn to. If you really wanna, if you really wanna affect any kind of change, you have to become a better communicator. You got to become a better listener, and you have to um, really have a desire to understand and not just argue. You know what I mean? Correct. And whoa, lost concept. It's okay to disagree and still love each other. Facts. It is okay if you say, I don't know, no, Tiffany, the car is white. And I say, no, it's pink. Well, whatever. Let's go enjoy our cheesesteak 
and watch Seinfeld and listen to Wu-Tang and have a great day. We don't have to cut off our friendship because we disagree on what color the damn car is, you know? And I feel like people are like, oh, you, you know, you you have that opinion. Well, then you must be a terrible person. You, they don't even, we don't even know. We don't even give it time to get to know each other. We just come up with this like, well, that must be how you are. That's just crazy to me, you know? Um, so I'm just not that way. I, you know, I like to build bridges. I don't like to burn them. I, I like to just, I don't know, have conversations like this. You know, I, I feel like it's sad that us as humans are losing disconnect that way. Also, we're losing human relationship and community because of that, which is That's sad and just as a, you know, it is, yeah. it is very sad. And, and, and if we just talk about Hagerstown, just think about Hagerstown, Maryland. If, if we just take that, for example, um, if we're uh-huh. talking about the clear needs that Hagerstown has, you know, it, uh-huh. the, it's not big enough to not have to not have more accord than it does. Like it, it needs to have accord. Like that, for example, with the stadium project, that stadium should have been uh-huh. built years ago. Years sure. ago, should have been built years ago, but because of the lack of accord and uh, because of you know people couldn't people couldn't um, decide what the best path was, they let it they, they let it like rot on the vine. But granted, now we're finally getting it, and it's almost a good thing that it was stalled the way it was because now it's like what's it like ninety million dollar project now? I think it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually not sure of the price tag on it. But yeah, yeah, I I'm think sure it's, it's a ninety million dollar project, the largest project to ever um, to ever hit Washington County. Ninety million dollars being paid for by the state uh, stadium fund, which is amazing. So um, that's finally pro- progress, and uh, I think the value of Accord is being seen and it's being uh, uh, it's finally being valued. Where more collaboration is being seen and you've got more uh, alliances yes. being formed. You know? And the more of that that happens, the more progress you're going to see in that area. You know, I moved out of Hagerstown, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm done slumming down there with you people. You're in Frederick, right? What was that? I said, you're in Frederick, right? You're in my old stomping grounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in your old stomping grounds now. Yep. I said, I see why you love it down here. It's great. <laughs> Yo, it's great. Well, you, you know what they back. used to call it, though? What? Man, they used to call it with so much country and farm. So, you know, I grew up, my parents, my grandparents had a farm. Um, I actually grew up in a log cabin on a road called Mountaindale Road. Um, but it used to be called Fredneck. I remember so people called it Fredneck. Country. Yeah. Yeah, you can it- say that back then, you know. Everybody laugh. Um, but now it's like a little Bethesda. You know I mean? It's turned into like a little Bethesda down there. It really so is. It's 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 really grown. It's grown immensely, you know, in the 20 years since I've been uh, in college and all that. So, yeah, it's gotten crazy. But I still love Frederick. Frederick's got a, a rich, awesome downtown area. Their, you know, their food, their restaurants, their bar scene, their theater, all that stuff is awesome. Can't so. beat it. Hey, can't beat it. Small no. time. Small town charm, biggest city amenities. Can't beat it down here. 
Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so let's talk about the, so so let's talk about leadership for a minute. One thing that I love about you is you you you've got a strong sense of leadership. Also, um, so let's talk about the culture that you've created within the within Kelgar Construction. So so if someone is a new employee to Kelgar, uh, you know what can they expect from the culture at that company? So I will tell you that Kenny is pretty much at the helm on that. And I've got a new employee sitting right here. She is on her little chair around. Kelsey, come <laughs> over here. Uh-oh. Her face is so red. She, she said, oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, you should see her. Don't worry. They won't see her face on this. <laughs> they won't see her. Kelsey, tell, oh, there tell she this is. gentleman what you think about in new to Kell Garden. Um, they are very caring and understanding. And they love God. And I had, I basically felt comfortable here almost as soon as I started. There was no really feeling of being uncomfortable or, um, I don't know. I'm happy. <laughs> it's probably the best feeling that I've had ever. Oh, do you hear that, That's Chad? Great. You make sure you blow that up. It's her best feeling ever. Good job, she said. Give, give, <laughs> make sure she gets a bonus for that testimonial. Make sure she gets the make sure she get the bonus. Aww. What's that? Yeah, we love her. But I tell you, I feel like at least and I'm not sure how Kenny is on the day to day with them, but to me, I used to not want any to have positions. Okay. I hate that. Like I, I feel like we're all a team. We're all together. I don't like to say, Well, I'm your boss, you know, or that Yeah, she just said she doesn't feel that way, or that's your boss over there. You know, no, we're a fam bam up in here. Like we we are all together. We're gonna walk through fires together, we're gonna walk through the good times together. Um, and I feel like good leaders are always looking to raise others up. I, I learned that actually from leadership college at um, Lifehouse. The way they look at it is the funnel. You know, the leaders on the bottom, sure, they're carrying all that stuff on the top. So like the reverse funnel, the leaders on the bottom, you're pouring into mm-hmm. um, others. And you want to see who's going to take the baton, who is better than you to do what you can't do. And so I feel like leaders need to lead from behind. You know, they encourage their people. They don't do all this. Well, you're my employee and this is how it is. I'm not into all that at all. Um, In fact, Kelsey's schooling me on some website stuff. You know, I I get like, what do you mean you're changing change? I mean, somebody with anxiety disorder like freaks out from change. And I'm really (laughs) going to show my age. But That that book, Who Moved My Cheese? I'm going to have to reread that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I just love the way it looks. But I'm like, no, no, Kelsey's got this. She's got the good ideas. You know what I mean? She's... Oh, she said we make her feel valuable. Oh, there we go. But yeah, but it's true. So you have to realize when you're not, you know, it's you're not strong in every aspect and you got to let those who are take it. And my one of my favorite sayings is that I hope I don't butcher it is that no great or every great man was built on the shoulders of others. So like you are built on the shoulders of other great men or women before you. Don't try to say that you're just all on your own. I'm going to do this all by myself. Malcolm Gladwell in his book. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell said in his book, uh, what was the book called? Um, it wasn't Tipping Point. What was it called? I can't remember what it was called, but um, mm. one thing that he said in, in the book was that there's no such thing as a self-made success. Everyone has someone who whose shoulders they stood on or someone yes. who helped pu- push them forward. 
Yes. Whether it was a mentor, a grandmom that sang you the hymns and told you to keep going, whether it was a teacher, a gym coach, a, a, whatever it was, somebody planted something in you. You know, we, I hope, or at least I would hope so. Um, <laughs> so I think that leaders, <laughs> I, I think that leaders are not good when they're on their own high horse. You know, I don't find that to be leadership. Um, you know, so I like to leave from behind and I like to do that reverse funnel. And I want my team to be the best that they can be and, and well taken care of and be better than I am. That's my stand on that. That's the old, um, what I remember huh. it was years ago um, when um, Pastor Patrick Gresh, is it Gresh? How do you say his last name? I never, I've never been confident. How do you say his last name? His Gretch. daughter is my, my babysitter. They're good people, oh, man. No they walk it and talk it. Yeah. I, I tell you what, that man right there is every bit of what he says he is all day long. On the pulpit, on the patio, wherever he is, it's <laughs> truth. So. Well, he's someone, well, he's someone that, that uh, when I first, when I first went, when I first showed my face at um, Lifehouse, it was still under the, under the leadership of Pastor Terry Broadwater. And, um, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, that's when I first uh, set foot into Lifehouse, and Pastor Broadwater and I developed a, a, a relationship over the years. And and I saw when he first started mentoring Patrick, and it's yeah. and it's 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 been amazing to see how he's developed over these years. Ever since when I first met him, as to where he is now. And like you said, like he walks the walk, he talks the talk, and he is what he says he is, twenty four hours a day. And um, yeah. and it, it, yeah, I can definitely see his evolution. And he's 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 a brilliant teacher. He has a knack. He has a, a talent for making these big concepts into easy to digest and easy implement actions. And I think that's what he yep. excels at is he makes these broad and uh, often complex concepts very easy to make sense of and very easy to implement into your everyday life. Yep. It's so true. And, uh, you know, like I said, like, just like it says in Galatians 525, you know, if you're going to be a spirit, walk of the spirit, he does that. And he gives you the, the springboard to really want to go into deep it deeper, whether it's leadership, the Bible, whatever it is. Um, we are at a little church now, my parents' church, because of my anxiety. Um, I kind of scaled back a little bit to an intimate church, but I can track now. They're very deep in the Bible, and I can track now in our Bible studies because of all that I learned through Patrick and um, Lifehouse. And Patrick is a phenomenal example of leadership. Um, I just, the way he leads is something to be admired and respected. And I, I think that anybody on his team would say the same. So he is someone that I look up to and that whole establishment, their exec team and their leadership team is something that I apply to my business model as well. I mean, they just have it. They've done it right. They, they know what they're doing. They're doing it good. <laughs> well, he said so. something to me about what the basics of, well, what the, ba what, what, what the basis of his uh, leadership style is. He says his whole goal is to is to create leaders and then make sure that they have what they need and then they're in the right places. All right. So the, it was three yep. words. He said, raise, resource, 
release, which is what he says yep. um, Jesus's model for discipleship was. This is how he 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 raised leaders. He resourced them, so coached them, taught them, uh, and then gave them what they needed. And then he re- released them into uh, into the world, you know, and, and uh, to do what they were made to do. And I can't say Correct. that I haven't seen that work so well. If you look at the growth of the church over the past, uh, since and over his tenure, is if you look at the growth, I like how many plants has he made, and how many great uh, uh, pastors and leaders has has been ha, have been created in that lifehouse system. I mean, it's remarkable. It really is remarkable. And if you're modeling that with your business, yeah, I'm gonna say, yep. it, and, and he weeds them out. That's the, <laughs> well, you know what the old saying is? Yep. What's the old saying? Um, hire slow, fire fast. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, we're still in the growing stages ourselves. I mean, we, we just hit five years. So we're just now experiencing some of that, um, you know, now ourselves. But yeah, they, they are a wonderful model for business and growth and leadership all the way around. So, and it's faith based. So I love it. And I, I would never have anything negative to say about him or his establishment ever. He's the real deal. Do you ever get into, do do you ever get any kind of, any kind of like negative feedback just because you do lead with your faith, like so unabashedly, do do you ever get any like, like, like negative feedback or, or, or pushback from, from certain folks? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People, um, you know, automatically assume what side of the political fence you're on because you're leading with faith. Uh, people have not wanted to do contracts with us because I have mentioned our faith. Um, but I mean, oh, well, I mean, Jesus had adversaries. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, if it was, if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be, you know, I'm not going to change um, my stance on faith to please man. So, and like I said, again, I've been a satisfied customer. So, but yes, I have absolutely had opposition. Uh, I've had people who do not know me think that I'm going to be some sort of judgmental, Bible bumping, conservative, crazy person, I guess. And then when they get to meet me and they listen and they talk to me, they're like, oh my gosh, like, you're nothing like that at all. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so you know, I, I've gone through that. And unfortunately, I used to be quite a people pleaser. And it is hard for me when people who don't really even know me don't like me, or maybe people have spoken about me negatively. But that has really, in hindsight, um, helped grow and strengthen my character. And I'm not going to change or alter my faith because of what others say. I, I, will, uh, I will never do that. And you shouldn't yeah. be who you are. You know, that's one thing that... Uh-oh. Uh, but that was was always taught to me was show up in every room you're in as you just show up as you and everything's yep. going to fall into place. I think as long as I think as long as you show up the way you do, as a kind person, a, a, a community cheerleader, yeah. you know, someone that takes action on what she feels is right. I mean, you know, you can't that kind of person always always rises to the top, you know, and and then everything else is just noise. Yeah, and no yep. one likes an asshole. You know what I mean? I, I don't care if you <laughs> if you love the Lord or you don't. I mean, if you're being an asshole, you know, stop doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no Just matter what your faith. Yeah, I mean, no matter what your faith is or your background or your political stance, like, just don't be a you know an a hole. Is my thing. I mean, I try to wake up in the morning and say, don't be an a hole today. You know, Just don't do it. <laughs> 
Just don't do just it. Just don't do it. Now, just stop doing that. Now you and the mister. Uh, so you guys, you, so you guys are, are business partners. And so how do you, how do you, how do you manage to like, how do you manage the marriage, manage the business, manage the, the, the community efforts? How do you, how do you do all these things and still, and still a stay friends and, and, and stay this happily, blissfully, magically married couple? Oh, don't get it twisted. We have throwdowns. Kelsey was almost in the middle of one this morning over the web. Um, <laughs> are both alphas um but i will say and, and this will be the last time i bring it back to the faith journey but um i, I do believe as i have become more involved in motherhood hmm. um and my growth as a mom and a wife and what that means for us i used to be like nope you know it is woman power i'm gonna be the corporate head i'm not listening to what you gotta say it's you know what i say goes and i'm gonna be the hbic and all this other but as we've grown and the company's grown and my role as a mom and wife have changed i've kind of let kenny take the helm and lead more without me nagging 24 7 and (laughs) i have settled in where my strength is and he's learning to let me lead with that with the marketing ideas and and things of that nature so we have shifted a little bit and i feel like our marriage is stronger now than ever because of it and i'm sure that some people would disagree that a traditional uh role is healthy or the healthiest option but for us on our personal level having a more traditional role has actually proven to bring us closer not further apart i would have told you five ten years ago that i didn't really believe in traditional um roles that you know it should be equal equal and you know whatever um but i I actually am really embracing motherhood and homeschooling my children and being strong in my marketing and, and community outreach and letting kenny do more of the business aspect of things and that's really worked for us now again we do fight sometimes but i think fighting is normal and healthy i think if you're yeah. in a relationship where you're never arguing you're weird there's something not <laughs> there's something wrong yeah or you're um, lying <laughs> and, right and and for our children to see us have healthy arguments and then come mm. to resolution shows them that you can have conflict, but then you resolve it and you move forward and you still love each other. So I'm all for um, healthy arguments and disagreements and all those things. Um, but yeah, we are excited to continue growing our marriage. I don't, I think marriage is extremely hard. I mean, obviously look at the divorce rate in our country and other countries around the world. It's hard. It's not easy. I think too many people are ready to, to throw in the towel, um, over things that really you shouldn't throw the towel in. And I think that some people don't throw in the towel when they should. Um, But marriage is hard. And I I think that it, for us being centered on faith, being willing to compromise, trying to see the good in each other and not the bad and knowing that we can get through whatever storm it is together is the staples of our marriage and laughing. I like to laugh a lot. So I'm I'm pulling pranks all the time. The other night I, I actually, the other night, Army crawled into our bedroom with this uh, rubber lizard. My husband's terrified of snakes, okay? <laughs> snakes, like, I mean, he will ah! like, like scream like a girl. Um, and if you don't know my husband, he's six foot seven and almost 300 pounds. So it's hysterical. But I, and he also wears a CPAP machine to sleep. This is, oh God, he's going to kill me. So anyway, I Army <laughs> crawled through the I had this snake that I actually put some water on to like make it feel like kind of wow. moist. And You're I, wrong. I, I, 
I creeped it up on him and whoo, he jumped up and screamed so loud. I died. I laughed for hours. I was rolling. So we that do a lot so of stuff wrong. like that too. Pranks. That is <laughs> oh wow. And joking. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know so, what you said is hundred percent true. I feel like um I'm I think marriage is I think it's only hard, like hard or like difficult. Mm-hmm. Um I think when you're not prepared for the reality of it. Like to me, the reality of marriage is that um I found that people spend way more money, time and effort on the wedding than to do the marriage. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Preach. So like they'll spend like 50K on the wedding or even like 70K. It's crazy how much people spend now. But 150 yeah. bucks an hour, but 150 bucks an hour is too much for for a therapist. You know? So, and you bring all your fun baggage, right? And you just hand it to the other person and say, surprise, here's my baggage and I want you to fix it. Right? Or, well, or, that's, not, yeah. that's not how it works. You know, I mean, Kenny you, cannot fill a void, you know? Mm hmm. Yep. And, and I vice can't versa. really fill a void in him. Right, right. We, we both have to come to the table at 100. 100, 100. It's not 50, 50. It's 100, 100. Um, and I test also, we got married late. I was 34 when we got married. We had been friends before that for a long time. We did all of our play a play stuff and all that. So, you know, <laughs> not we, you. I, no. I rush. Oh, oh, God. Don't. Mm, I'm think. <laughs> let, let's. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Lord, because he didn't have social media back when I was doing all this running. Because. <laughs> Man, you said, oh god! You said Ken snatched Man, you off the streets, huh? Oh my <laughs> god! You know Firestones, right? Oh my god! If we would have had social media during Firestones and Bushwallers and rap. all that, mm. whoa! Yay! Whoa. Yeah, listen, listen, us, uh, <laughs> us Gen Xers have got to be thankful that we that we didn't have camera phones in the nineties. <laughs> uh, right oh my gosh oh lord i can't talk about it. that's a whole nother that's a whole nother episode speaking on that is that social media and our phones and all those things leave windows open in marriages all the time for things to creep in. You know, you really have to put your home as a sanctuary. Um, You know, I'm just going to be raw with you. I mean, there's dating apps. There's, you know, swipe right, swipe left, Facebook, DMs. uh, Oh, send it on my Snapchat. Send it on wherever. You know, you can download anything you want on Google at your fingertips. It doesn't make it easy on marriages unless you have a common respect that, you know, we don't do those things. You know, we're not going to allow those things. We we have each other's passwords on our phones. Our phones are laid next to each other. You can pick mine up and I can pick yours up anytime. Um, so that's another thing that marriages are up against is all of the, just the IT, you know, the IT, the AI, the whatever, you know, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I think so. that's why you've, I think that's why um, I'm a big fan of therapy and a big fan of developing emotional yeah. intelligence because, you know, you can do, let's just take, let's take infidelity, for instance. What I found is that uh-huh. infidelity I, I know we're getting off to like a broad thing here, but but I found that infidelity is 
it's a symptom, not a problem in itself. You know what I mean? I think it's a symptom of larger issues that are either unresolved or or, or aren't recognized. So um, yeah. I think if you I think more people should become more whole before they go into a marriage, because you can't come into a marriage yes. as a broken person and expect the marriage to fix you. That like That's not going to happen. You know, so I I think if more people valued therapy and they valued introspection and looking at becoming whole, doing the shadow work before they join with somebody else, you're going to have a lot more healthier (laughs) marriages and a lot lower divorce rates. Amen to that. Amen. That I agree. Fifty thousand percent on that. Yep, because sure you do. know you get into the stress of marriage, man. It, it it can really expose those cracks that are in your own in your own character and 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 background of personality. It can really expose things because yeah. there's 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 nothing worse than being in a in a strained marriage, man. That is the worst thing on planet Earth. <laughs> nothing worse than it. And then, you know, <laughs> then you factor in you know you factor in like 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 with you like you you have a business, you know whatever you guys have going on at home will inevitably like leak over into your business and vice versa. You have a strain in the business. It's going to leak over into your marriage. So you got to make sure that that foundation is just solid before, you know, you do those things for sure. And water your marriage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you can't have a plant. Don't water it. Just it's going to, you know, kill over. So you got to, you got to keep nurturing your marriage. You got to keep breathing life into it. Um, and you got to be friends and you got to take life not so serious, which is hard for me with anxiety. A lot of times I take everything so mm. serious, um, which is funny because I also love to laugh and I'm very comedic. But, uh, you know, and Kenny's a good yin and yang with me with that. But, yeah, you got to breathe life into your marriage. You can't just let it die out, you know. So, so what's the last I'm with what's the last best thing you guys did to to uh, to breathe life into your marriage? Like, what's the last best thing you can remember? Like, oh, that was awesome. We went to Encounter Weekend uh, through Lifehouse Church. It's a retreat that you go to overnight, and it's with other couples or other individuals, and you really dive into your faith, and you do uh, exercises together and homework together, and no phones are allowed. You have no phones, no TV, no internet, nothing. Oh, wow. Um, And you do like outside, and you're in the nature. It was awesome. I loved it. It was Fantastic. Oh, and we served at the Joyce Myers ministry thing as volunteers. We were hmm. there for two days and we loved it. We hooted it up. We were laughing. We were <laughs> serving and loving on together. And it, it was so much fun. Um, so those two things we did within the last year and they were awesome for us. Did you get to meet Joyce Meyer? We did not get to meet her. We did get to meet um, her husband and we oh, got Dave. to meet like all the people that are on team yeah and uh it was it was a great experience i'm actually signed up to go again i think it's in october or maybe november um but i loved it It, it's a great experience it's super fun that's dope man well listen here's Mm -hmm. we're gonna wrap this up because i know you're busy you gotta get out there and make your fourth million but the uh so i got (laughs) so the last and most important question for you okay this is the most important one this is what's gonna make or break this interview are you ready for it is this whether or not I'm going to be on the air or off the air? Is this how we're going to decide right now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the one, whether it sees the light of day or not, whether this thing drops or not. Are you ready for this? Okay. okay. 
Who is the best rapper in the Wu Tang Clan? RZA. Oh, you, oh, you said that quick. Oh, you're confident. RZA's the one. That's it. Okay. RZA. See, Kelsey's I- looking at me like, how in the world is my old boss? Who is this person? She just turned around and gave me a look. I wish to God all were here. Oh wait, she she pulled out her Wu Tang hat. She just put it on. No way. Does she have one? Stop lying. (laughs) (laughs) RZA is dope. I like RZA, but I feel like I feel like you're off here. I feel like the best one is Method Man. Okay, okay. But I feel like so many people say that, you know, because he did his own thing too. I don't know. But he had the best you know what we should do? Albums. We'll have to meet up. What's yes, that? he did. We're going to have to meet up. We're going to have to meet up, play some tracks, re- refresh our memories, you know, really get into it. And then we're going to put it out to the public. I'm going to come oh. up with my favorite lyrics. You're going to yours. And then we're going to have like a battle, you know, like a lyric battle with a poll. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that a direct challenge right now? Is that what you're doing right now? Uh, Kelsey just chimed in with the ghost face. <laughs> just kidding. She doesn't ghost know. Ghost face has some She's gems. Ghost face. Like, ghost probably had the uh, second, the second best solo albums. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think you did. So that's what we're going to do next time. Person, I'm going to meet you at Dutch's Dungeon. We're going to bring our favorite songs Man, together. We're each going to pick three. Okay. We're going to put it out to the public. Listen, you're not ready for that smoke. You're not ready for it. (laughs) I know we're going to have a good time there regardless. We're going to laugh and have a really good time. All right. Well, if people want to get more information about you or your company, where can they go to look you up? I mean, we're all over Facebook and Instagram and all of that. Uh, soon to be, I guess, TikTokers. The young ones in here are pushing the TikTokers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have our website. You can Google us. Um, and we're open door. We're over here at the Bowman Business Park. So you guys can always stop in and see us. we got a coffee machine. You can have a cup of coffee. Um, pet and kid friendly. So anytime. We're pretty much open all the time. And my cell phone is on Facebook, I think. So you can even hit me up, text me, call me, whatever. I'm available 24-7. I love it. All right, fam. So make sure that you definitely uh, like, follow uh, 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 Tiffany Gardner from uh, Kelgar Construction. And if you if you need some stuff done at the house, you want to you, you get yourself a new deck. You know, you want to get yourself, um, you want to improve your home. You know, do you do commercial work also or do yeah. you just do residential? Yes, we do commercial also case by case. And uh, just so everybody knows, because sometimes people don't know this, but all estimates are free. All consults hey free. So you're just trying to figure out if another quote you got was cool or legit. We'll look at it for you for free. So yeah. I love it. Great person, great company. Yeah, Check it out. It. And thank you, Tiffany. I love you and I appreciate you. And the Kelgard Construction is actually the very first sponsor of our um, upcoming uh, Western Maryland Young Black Entrepreneurs Awards, which is going to be May 17th, 2024 at the beautiful ballroom at the Maryland Theater. And I appreciate you for it. Absolutely. Can't wait to be there.
All right, fam. Until next time, thanks for jumping on. Make sure you you like. Make sure you give us a 15-star rating on every episode. <laughs> and, and tell your friends and family about us. Share the love. Act like you got some manners, man. Like your mama raised you right. right? Take care of us, and we'll take care of you. And until next time, get out there, live, love, and hustle your butt off. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way.